Welcome to another episode of You See Me But You Don't Know podcast, where we allow celebrities and athletes to tell their story their way. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. I have my guy, Greg Barnes, a.k.a. Son-in-Law, on the show with me today. I have no idea what's going to happen or what's going to be said from this point forward. So I'm throwing it out there already. But welcome to the show, big dog. Man, happy to be here. <laughs> A little impromptu. Oh, of course it is. Get after it. But I think those are the best ones. Now, start off, let everybody know who Greg Barnes is, where you came from, grew up, and started down that path of being an adult. I don't know that I'm an adult yet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I started my life in the mountains of Arizona. Okay. Grew up in a small town in central Arizona, Payson, Arizona. Grew up there. Typical kid, you know, had football and little league and baseball and just did the thing, you know, and grew up, had the, the dog and the white fence and rode my bike up and down around the neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> when, uh, when I was a kid, my mom, she, uh, she was really worried about me. And uh, I had a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> Little problem with authority there. And uh, so she, she brings me this piece of paper and there's this uh, college course that said you can learn how to be a firefighter while you're still in high school. Okay. So uh, she said, you're going nowhere quick and you're not good enough to play football anywhere. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You need to figure something out. So I started this community college program on learning how to be a firefighter when I was still in high school. And I fell in love, man. Fell in love with it instantly. So I went through high school, went through fire training, graduated from high school in 2005 with all the fire training and the EMT training along yep. with my high school diploma and jumped on a fire truck and started running up and down the road with lights and sirens ever since. See, that's what I'm talking about. And... For y'all that don't know, Greg is a firefighter. Yeah, by <laughs> definition. Uh, and I wanted him on the show because I wanted to give the shout out to all these guys, the first responders, you know, firefighters, police officers, you know, everyone, nurses, doctors, everybody. But today we're talking about the fire service, not practice, but the fire service. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to your show because you bring on people that are in the public light and everybody sees them where they played football or, you know, they're an yep. athlete and everything like that. But people that listen to your show are going to see guys riding up and down the road in a fire truck yep. every day too, you know, and there's a lot of stories in that fire truck. There's a lot of stories behind the men and the women that are in those fire trucks. Oh, yeah. So. And, and, and that's what I want to talk about because, you know, people... A lot of people that are in trouble do not like police officers because that police officer is there to either take them to jail or take their parents to jail or something. But when y'all come out, you see that red truck and those lights and y'all come out of that truck, you're coming to assist and save and rescue or help them. 
So tell us a little bit about being a firefighter and the stuff that you see and the passion that you have behind it, because you got some passion behind it. And, you know, so just, just give us a little bit, or you can give yeah. us a lot. It really don't even matter. Yeah, we're gonna but <laughs> so your, your average Joe firefighter are probably some of the best human beings on the planet. Okay. Because if you look at what the fire service is in the United States, it's fires, EMS, problem solving. Yep. If you have a cat in a tree, you call the fire department. If your house is on fire, you call the fire department. Yep. <laughs> if there's some unknown chemical running down the street out of a truck, you call the fire department. Yep. So we, we do a large number of things and the people that get on those rigs for the most part, there's a bell curve with everything, but for the most part, the people that get on those rigs and get on those fire trucks, they are usually very intelligent, very capable. Yep. Very good people. And they show up and they fix and they solve problems. So when I say that they're some of the best people in the world, it's because they consciously make a decision to do that, right? Exactly. You know, this this guy that is on this fire truck, he's intelligent. He's an athletic person. He probably was a good high school, even college professional athlete at some point. And he has the ability to go make a lot of money doing something else. And he makes very little money, or she makes very little money. Yeah. Getting onto a fire truck to go solve problems for their community because that's the decision that they made. And when you make that decision, it's profound because you have options and you decide to do this. So oh, when yeah. you see those guys and gals going up and down the road in that red truck, lights and sirens, you know, those are, those are probably some of the best people around just because of the decisions that they make to be there that day. Oh yeah. You know, and the volunteer, the volunteer fire services is the same way as you have people that are doing it for free. You know, they, are, they already have a job. They already have a family. They have a career. They have whatever. And that call comes out, and they jump on that rig, and they show up for free because they have a servant heart. They decide that, you know, there's something bigger than themselves. Oh, yeah. So uh, the fire service is complicated in a lot of ways, though, because uh, we're talking about the career fire service. You have a lot of city politics that dictate some things, and and. You just have to navigate those waters and just show up so you can serve the public as best as that you can. Yeah. Because I think for, I think everybody would want to see, you know, more money and want to see us to have the best things in the world. But when you're, you know, paid by taxes and economy. Yeah. You're limited. And, and you know, it's, it's with you mentioning that I, I look back at the issues with Dallas fire Tulsa fire and these guys are still putting their lives out on putting their lives on the line. Okay. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not running into a burning building. Okay. I may stop and pull you out a car, but I'm not running into a burning building. And for you to be so loved by people, but the politics come into play and you don't get the same things that the other services 
or the other departments get, like the PD or whoever. And I see it, and I've seen guys go from loving their job to like, you know what, I may need to do something else because no one shows us the same respect. What happens if the fire service decides they're not going to go put out a fire? Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff is going to burn down. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. So I get the politicking side of it, yeah. which I still don't understand it, but... Well, uh, yeah. So the PD at least brings money in because like it or hate mm-hmm. it, they're going to they're gonna write tickets and they're going to, you know, generate income of some kind. The fire department's just an expense. We but it's don't a generate, needed expense. It's an, yeah, <laughs> it's 100%, you know, it's, but it's an expense. So, yep. you know, if you're a city manager, you know, doing the best that you can with what you have, and yep. you've got this big expense over here that it's people's lives, but you've got to put a dollar on it because that's what they have to do. And we don't bring income in, so it gets tough for them. I, I feel for them. I wish you know the world was perfect and we didn't have to operate that way. But it you know, and, and and see that's the thing. You bring politics into something. Okay, you put those city council people and the city manager. You put them on a fire truck and tell them, okay, so you have a fifty percent chance of not walking back into this station or the firehouse, depending on what that call is. And you walk a mile in my shoes, I have the chance of getting cancer from all the stuff that I do. But you're going to put a number on us, and it's just like, no, walk a mile in my shoes, you go fight some fires, you go pick up bodies that have been ran over with your shovel, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? How do you how do how do you put a price tag on that? Yeah, I get you don't have any ROI, but come on, but it's coming from somebody that's on the outside looking in. So that's where you're you dealing with them, you see it, you know how it works. Yeah. And I mean we get back we get back to that where, you know, some of the greatest people in the world, because we understand that. You know, I understand that I am not going to become a wealthy man yep. doing what I do. But I love my job. You know, I love coming to work and I love the career satisfaction I get because I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that when you show up and you make the difference yep. in the worst day in somebody's life, that being a, a lawyer or a banker doesn't wouldn't do that for me. Yeah. Just that's not how I work. So there's something in the world for everybody, and that's definitely for me. You know, we go inside those burning buildings and we do, you know, save people's lives, save people's stuff, do everything that we can. The EMS calls are our most frequent events. We see more people on those than we do in actual fires. So getting to interact with people because, you know, finding somebody in a burning structure is, a you know, what we're here for. Right. You know, the, the house can burn down. Insurance can, can take care of a lot. We can't replace lives. So we all understand and we might want to reaffirm to anybody listening that we believe that it's our job to go in there and get people out of burning structures. That's what we're there for. That's what we have the gear for. That's, that's our mission. But with the EMS calls, we see more people. We get, mm-hmm. we interact with people a lot. And I think it's, it's, 
just as important that when we show up to your father having a heart attack and we make a difference with our professionalism, with our attitude, and with our skills and abilities on that day, that's just as important. And I think most of the fire service views that as the same level of importance yeah. and takes that pride and that professionalism and showing up and doing the work. And see, that's what I'm talking about. When you go in and you get to see the human side of people. And even if it's the ones that you see on a regular basis, because they're making certain decisions in their lives, but you still treat them the same as if it was the first time you saw them. Yeah, you may say, hey, all right, we're going down to Johnny's again. Yeah. But... You're still gonna take care of Johnny. Yeah, one of my one of my favorite instructors, guys in the fire service. He works for Seattle Fire Department. His one of his speeches that he does when he teaches is he says, "Crackhead or millionaire, it doesn't matter. There are people." Yep. So still I mean, we live by that. Is it doesn't matter. I don't I don't care what your W two or your <laughs> ten ninety nine or what your tax return says. You call nine one one, we show up. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire and we're coming into your, you know, gigantic ten thousand square foot McMansion to fix your problem, or we're going into, <laughs> you know, the cardboard box under the bridge. Right. We're gonna approach it with the same professionalism because that guy showed the guy called us. You know, he needs us. That's what we're here for. That's what we provide. And you know, I remember we had a conversation. Well, we've had a whole bunch of conversations, but we had a conversation one time, and you asked me. You said. Do you know who this person is or this person or this person? And I looked at you and told you, I have no idea who they are. And then you told me what they have done in the fire service. And it put a perspective on it because I can look at a picture of some NFL guys and tell you who they are. Yeah. But you could give me that same photo of firefighters that have made a difference in the fire service, and I didn't know who they were. When we were talking about guys that died on 9-11, that's yes. what we were talking about. Yes. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, we were talking about guys that went up 70 floors to rescue people and never came back out, you know, in one of the greatest rescue operations in the history of the world. Yep. These guys died doing it. You know, I can look at a picture of an NFL superstar and you know his name right off. Mm -hmm. But we show you those pictures of guys that died in the World Trade Center, and you, I don't know who that guy is. I mean, that guy is an American hero. Oh, yeah, he saved know? lives. 100%. And I think that's one of the things is that's hard is there's a lot of sacrifice yep. that guys and girls across the fire service put in, and there's a lot of credit given. We have a lot of respect from the communities. We appreciate everything that everybody does for us. But there is sometimes that that hard point that you're like, you know, there's people every year that die doing this job. And, oh, yeah. Uh, they die putting their lives up on the line to save their community, save people in their community. And you could put their picture up and most people wouldn't even know who they were. No, and I'm one of them, you know, and and, and it's and, and it showed you where the focus the focus is put. Yeah. It's not put on ordinary people, it's put on celebrities. Sure. People who 
basically haven't done. Yes, they may have overcome things, but a lot of it, a lot of the character, you know, but when you see the first responders or you see the red, you get automatic, automatic respect for the red it, because you know what's going to happen. Tim Kennedy and Jocko, you know, they were talking, <laughs> you know, about special operations in the military. And you're sitting here going like everybody that puts on that green beret or that trident is like tip of the spear, high speed, low drag. And then they're like, well, there's a bell curve. You know, there's guys at the top, there's guys at the bottom and most guys kind of ride out in the middle. And yep. that's, you know, yeah. So yeah, the fire service and I think life in general is kind of that way is there's there's people in the fire service that are at the top and there's yep. people in the fire service that are a little lower down there. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you definitely, you definitely hope and pray that if your house catches on fire. You got the guys that are at the top that actually that are, that are coming, Yes, you know, and I think that a majority of the fire service is extremely confident and good at what they do. Yeah. And I haven't met very many people that aren't. And, you know, do show up on the uh, that worst that worst time in people's lives so you do get to see that human nature yeah kind of come out and and it can be taxing i think one of the things that on the you see me but you don't know right is <laughs> you know we get off and we solve that problem but you take you take a, a career in the fire service is going to be 25 to 30 years and uh we're, we're starting to find out that beyond the obvious where cancer, job-related cancer has, been come, has become huge. It's one of the number one killers of firefighters now is cancer because of the stuff that's burning. We can get into that a little bit later. Yeah. But the mental health side of it is becoming an issue. We've found out that there's a lot of firefighters that are, that are really struggling with PTSD issues and mental health issues. And some of that leads to alcoholism and, yep. and it's, you know, it's just from what they see, what they do and finding avenues to get some release or get them some help is, has been a thing. So there's several organizations that are out there now that are just for firefighters and mental health and, and trying to get those guys lined out, you know, depression, anxiety, yep. PTSD, all these things are happening to these people that are riding these rigs and, and showing up to these calls over a 25 year span of experiences that a lot of the, a lot of the things that firefighters are asked to do, human beings just aren't supposed to do. Right. You know? and you're not supposed to go into that structure. That's that temperature and you're not supposed to have to, you know, see the death and the destruction on a regular basis. You know, it's some, as a human being, you're resilient and you're built to withstand and, you know, succeed in your life. But those things like death and destruction, those are like once or twice, three times in your life. And you learn to do, you know, cope and move on. And Oh yeah. When it's a once or twice a shift or once or twice a week, those things build, you know, and, and sometimes you can compartmentalize it for a while and sometimes it, it sticks with you. So we are resilient. We get through it. We have ways around it. We can work through it. And there's a lot of help out there. 
but that's one thing that has become prevalent in the fire service. It's, it's always been there. Right. But I think it's one of those things that is getting attention now is we don't want firefighters committing suicide because they can't cope. Yep. And that's a problem. And I don't, I'm not a veteran. I wasn't in the military, but as you see the, the stuff from the military where that's a problem. You know, they have veterans that are committing suicide. You have firefighters that are committing suicide. And a lot of that has to do with the mental health and what they had to see, what they had to do, what they've dealt with, and not being able to cope with that. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's a lot of help out there, but, you know, you got you to gotta address it to fix it. And, and I think we've had multiple conversations about what you have seen. And I look at you and I'm just like, okay, no one should have to see that much. But at the same time, that is the profession that you got into, just like being a NFL player and concussion issues now it's but but it's I mean some of the stuff that you've told me I'm just like wow there, there's no way I mean I'd be in a padded room couldn't sleep because of all that stuff you know what I mean but but it takes a special person to be able to do it and that's why y'all do it and y'all do it for 25 years now one thing I don't understand, and, and maybe you could shed some light on it for me. If you go into a department, just say Dallas, you come in and all of a sudden you decide you want to go to Florida or no, just say you want to go across town to Louisville and you got to start at the bottom. Blows me away. But I know we've had multiple conversations on this. And I'm just like, WTF? Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, and I, there is some departments that'll take a what they call a lateral transfer. And I've never been a part of that process. So I don't know exactly how all that works. But um, for the most part... I work in Oklahoma and I work on the outside, you know, Tulsa metro area, outskirts of the city of Tulsa. And uh, if I wanted to go to another department in Oklahoma, then I would have to go through their process, start from the bottom, and I've got 15 years of time in it. And I, I don't understand exactly why, because I think uh, on the law enforcement side, if they have 15 years of experience and they go to a different agency, yep. I think that there's some, some hoops to jump through, but that experience matters. Um, I think just the fire department traditions and cultures are really strong. And yeah. some departments, so a lot of things that, one of the things that we need to understand is firefighting is regional in a lot of ways. Our certification processes and our, our uh, educational materials, those are all pretty national. It's all pretty standardized, but Flower Mound, Louisville, Dallas, their departments are going to be set up a little differently. Yeah. They're going to operate a little differently. They're going to have different culture. They're going to have a different way of doing things. So part of it is probably learning that department's 
style of doing things or in their ways. <laughs> this is the way. But um, the the other thing of it is, is there's they like to throw the brotherhood thing in there. And part of building trust within an organization mm-hmm. is I went through it. You have to go through it. And I want to see how you react to going through it. So I had to go through my probationary firefighter year and I had to go through all the extra work and the extra cleaning duties and everything was my responsibility. And now you need to do it because I did it. Right. Because that's how we're going to create our bond is through shared turmoil. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's how we, that's how we create a bond with this new guy or this new person, this new gal is, uh, we have to go, they have to go through what we went through. Yeah. They have to go through the academy because I went through the academy and I was the best in my academy, whether that's true or not, you know, and now I want to see how they do is hindsight, you know, you look back and some of the things are good, but if you got a new person that comes in, it doesn't really matter what they've done and what they know. Cause you know what you know and yep. how we did it. And yep. now I want to see how they go through what we do. Oh and yeah. So I think that's it. I don't think it has anything to do with, uh, now, you know, looking back on it, I don't think it has anything to do with you don't know what you're doing or your experience doesn't matter. It's just how to create that culture and how to create that bond with yeah. the people that you work with without ever going through what they went through that may yeah. that may not actually work. Yeah, makes so, sense. Uh, if you're going to have that bond where I have your back, you have my back. We trust each other with our lives. We're going into a burning structure that's full of smoke that you can't see anything. And I have to know that you've got my back and trust you. Then we create that culture of trust and we create that culture of that bond by putting everybody through the same thing and having yeah. that shared experience. And I, I, I totally get it. And it, when you when you put it in that perspective, being around your guys where you are you can see it yeah because you you know that each other everyone has each other's backs and you see it i mean it is it is very 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 evident yes yes i mean and i'm just like okay all right so it 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 is really considered a true family because you spend 24 hours with those guys or sometimes 48 hours with those guys. Yeah. And you got to at least like who you're working beside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got to, you got to have that bond. And I would, we're going to sit in here and lie to everybody. If we say that everybody that works together likes each other, because that's not true. Oh, I can tell you a whole bunch of people out there. I mean, if you want to talk, you know, average fire station USA, there's guys or girls. Every time I say guys, I mean guys and girls. Yeah. It's just people. There's people in that station that don't like each other. But they'll trust each other and they'll work with each other. And they know that, you know, I may not like you. We're not going to go golfing on our days off. Right. But when we're at work and we get on that rig, we're, we're there with each other and we're going to take care of business, you know, and, and that's part of the professionalism that's required is when we, when you call 911 and we jump on that, you know, on that rig and we show up to your house, you don't want 
you know, two or three people coming off, not talking to each other and being like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell him what I'm doing because I, I don't even like him, you know, whatever. Right. Like you don't want to deal with that drama and that mess. Like you're having a bad day, you know? So fix my problem. You deal with your problems back at your fire station. Exactly. But, uh, so when it comes to professionalism and you know, making those decisions and making those choices, it's like, man, we're not going golfing on my days off, but we go to a house fire, I got your back. Oh, all day long. And you got to, you know, and if you don't. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Remember to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at You See Me Pod. Make sure you share with your family and friends. We'll see you next episode. And always remember, you see me, but you don't know my story.